It's 2016 and Richo, being me, is back. And so I'm back on Wooshka and I'm here all year. Have a listen. Well, it is Saturday, the 20th of February, and it's Graham Richardson on Wooshka. And I'm going to cover what's happened over the last week. Well, there really was only one big event, wasn't there? And that was Scott Morrison, our treasurer, going before the National Press Club. It was his first address to the National Press Club, which is a bit surprising, given that they've had five months in, in the job. You'd expect that he'd have turned up before then. But I think we got a hint as to why Scott Morrison took so long to get there. And that, of course, was all to do with the fact that he's got no plan. No idea of what's going to happen. Now, it's not entirely his fault, so let me just go through the background of this. When the Liberals got into power, and remember that's two and a half years ago, it's not recent, it's two and a half years. It was all done on about this, this crisis of debt and deficit. Now, two and a half years on, a new Treasurer has basically got up and said, well, there's no crisis, there's no problem, and there's no need to do anything about it if there was. It's really quite extraordinary. And it, but it's, it's much, much deeper than that. And I, I want to go through a, a number of, of things that really disturb me about it. I think I said last week that we're going to have to get used to little reform, not big. Well, that's been even more and more emphasised this week by what Morrison had to say, or in fact, what he didn't have to say. He let out, I think, one extraordinary figure. He praised the government for coming up with $80 billion worth of savings. And good on him. It's worth praising. Because God knows, Paul Keating's right when he says the world has trimmed our income, we have to trim our spending. Paul's right. 80 billion, it's a fair bit of trimming, you'd say. The trouble is, he also said almost in the same sentence, oh, but by the way, we've spent 70. So yet, there's only a 10 saving. It's nothing. And the reality is, it was a, a, an absolute slap at Joe Hockey and Tony Abbott. That's what it was. It was really saying... Those silly buggers just kept on spending when they shouldn't have. Now, you've got to think about that. When you remember Joe Hockey, the failed 2014 budget, all this spending, debt up, deficit up. You can't keep blaming the Labor Party when you've had two and a half years and done nothing but make it worse. But for all of that, I think hockey's a classic example, isn't he? The reward for failure. Nobody has been more rewarded for failing more than Joe Hockey. Just think about it. An absolute debacle as treasurer... When he left, he was a joke, not much more than a sick joke. But that sick joke is now the ambassador in Washington, pulling in hundreds and hundreds of thousands a year. But it's not just that. Remember, if you are the ambassador to Washington, you live free, you live big, and you live free, and you've got a magnificent tennis court, swimming pool. I've been in the residence. By the way, as I, as I, I digress, but I was once offered the position of ambassador to Washington. Paul Keating offered it to me. Uh, after the 93 election. And I think um, it's always good if you get rid of alternate power sources. I think you'll find people always love that. I was actually offered the job. I thought about it and rejected it. I think I'm pretty wise to have so done. Uh, I don't like the idea of living overseas. I'm one of the few people listening to this podcast probably who doesn't have a passport. My passport expired in October 2010. That is a long time ago, five and a half years ago. I seem to be able to live quite well just being in Australia. I'm happy. The working class boy from Cogra is still here. 
But as I said, I have digressed. Getting back to Scott Morrison, what he's really saying to us is that in the next budget, and remember, we're not far off it, we are less than three months. Less than three months. It'll be printed in about nine weeks' time. Isn't that extraordinary? Nine weeks off. And when you think about it, he doesn't have a clue what he's going to put in it. And the reason for that is that Malcolm Turnbull cut him off at the knees. Now, I asked him the other night, because he, he was on Rich Show on Wednesday night, and I said to him, Treasurer, what, uh, whatever happened two weeks ago, you talked up the GST. You gave us all the reasons why it was wonderful. You could do great things, great things with those tax rates. You could whack down the company tax rate, the top tax rate, the second top rate. You were going to do it all. You were going to give some money to the, uh, the premiers. You are going to compensate everybody. If it was all that good two weeks ago, Scott, what happened to it now? Well, he said, we, we modelled it. And the modelling came back and the, the growth dividend just wasn't big enough. Well, as my colleague Alan Jones points out, they said it was a 0.5% dividend. Well, uh, you got less of a dividend from that out of uh, the trade agreement, but apparently that was wonderful. If that was wonderful, why wasn't this? I mean, it just seems to me that you always get out the other end of modelling what you put in in the first place. It, you can actually influence it. So I said to him, I asked another question. I said, Treasurer... Actually, I never. I, I always say Scott because I rather like the bloke. But I said, Scott, uh, whatever happened to this figure on compensation? I note that you said at the press club it was sixteen billion. Well, the last time I looked at a figure, it was nine. And I thought about it later. By the way, it was actually about eight point three five. I went and looked up my notes. I said, well, how did it suddenly become sixteen? It doubled. How? Oh well, you wouldn't know what the the Senate might do to it. In other words, what they did was feed into the modelling some thoughts, some random thoughts about what the Senate might do and might increase them. In other words, they fit in negative stuff to make sure that at the end you got a result that said, we don't want it. Now, whether you agree with a, an increase in the GST or not, one thing is for certain. Our tax rates have to be fixed. First off, there's the company tax rate. Now, I know in the Labor Party, I grew up believing you should never cut the company tax rate. But the truth is, of course, you need investment and you need activity. You're not going to get investment and economic activity with a tax rate that simply isn't comparable to other tax rates around Asia. And ours isn't. We're way above Singapore and all the places with whom we actually compete. So if that's the case, we are going to have to make sure that we do something big about that rate. And then you've got bracket creep. God bless us, you've got bracket creep. I think the staggering thing about the speech on Tuesday, and indeed one sentence of his reply to a question from me on Wednesday night, was that Scott Morrison is basically acknowledging that over the next few years, the government will simply rely on bracket creep. There'll be no big cuts to raise money. There'll be no big, big tax increases to raise money. What it'll all come from is bracket creep. It comes from you, everybody listening. Because as you increase your, uh, uh, your income and you go into the new tax brackets, then you pay more tax, and that's what the government relies upon. Interestingly enough, it's the $80,000 threshold which produces the, I think it's 375 but it's now 39 or something because of a, a levy. But that tax rate, hundreds of thousands of Australians, some, I mean, I've heard one figure of a million over the next five years, but whether it's a million or not, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Australians are going to be pushed over the 80%, uh, over the $80,000, and so they will all come in, every single one of them, on that higher tax rate. Now, Alan Jones has a very good way of putting that. If you talk about 39 point something, let's say it's 40 cents, round, you know, just round it off. 
Well, when you think about that, four tenths of uh, a year is something like five months. So you've got January, February, March, April and May, you work for the government. Then in June, you start working for yourself. Well, I'll tell you what, there's an awful lot of Aussies going to be very, very unhappy about that kind of arithmetic. They're going to hate that. And that is now what this government's going to rely on. There will be no big reform to that tax level. Now, they'll play with it. You can bet your life that when it comes to, to company tax and the top two tax rate, they'll play with them. They won't do what Australia needs them to do, i.e. knock them down by five, six or seven cents, because they've lost that option now without the GST. So what they'll do? You'll drop those rates by maybe two cents. Maybe two cents. That might even go three on one of them. But it's nothing. It doesn't change Bracket Creek very much at all because people will still jump into the thresholds. I am really, really worried about this. I mean, if we are going to be competitive, our personal tax rates and our company tax rates must be fixed. But if you're a government that won't raise taxes, that won't have any big spending cuts, then the only way you can survive is to rely on bracket creep. So you can guarantee they won't do much about it and you can guarantee that those hundreds and hundreds of thousands of workers, and no doubt there'll be plenty listening right now, will go into those higher tax brackets and you will hate it. So I think and it's the only fair way you can look at it. I mean, it's, it's got no bias in it. It was a pretty ordinary old effort from Scott Morrison. It's not necessarily his fault. Yes, he was let down by his predecessors. Not much doubt, not much doubt at all, that Tony Abbott and Joe Hockey gave them a terrible, terrible start by, by that stupid budget in 2014, which never happened. Uh, they, they got themselves very unpopular. But what's more, and far more important, than the actual failure to get the budget through, is they kept spending. They just kept announcing more spending. There was no discipline. Now, I have no doubt that Scott Morrison's a different kettle of fish to Joe Hockey. He won't be the failure that Joe Hockey was. He won't walk away with a pathetic legacy like that. Oh, no, he's better than that. What he'll do, uh, and I, I, I don't think there's, there's much doubt about this, is he will control spending. This will be the most unusual pre-election budget, I'd say, since the Second World War. Maybe since the Depression. It will not be the big giveaway budget. That is now certain. There's no way they're going to announce lots and lots of big spending programs. They'll always announce a few, and they'll have a few cuts to pay for them. But essentially, this budget is about the status quo. No more spending, no more expenditure, and no more revenue either, except relying on bracket creep. So I think what you'll see is the exact opposite of what you might have expected a year ago. They will not try and bribe you. They will try and make a virtue of the fact that they're not trying to bribe you. That is what's going to be the play from the, uh, the government. And I think that's all a bit sad. I would have liked to have thought that, that big reform was still possible in this country. If you don't dream big, you can never get big results. On the other side of the coin... Bill Shorten finally had a good week. I mean, God, we've waited long enough. But Bill Shorten finally did pretty well. Just think about this. He had a great week in Parliament, largely the gift. The gift that keeps on giving is called Stuart Robert. And so instead of on the Monday of the previous week sacking him immediately, as I said in this, this uh, podcast last week, uh, you, you, know, you had Turnbull just allowed every single day uh, for uh, Dreyfus, 
and uh, you know, who's the shadow attorney general, and Shorten to just belt them up. And Tony Burke, they just belted them every day over Stuart Robert until finally, begrudgingly, on the Friday, the Prime Minister sacked him. And so, but it made Bill Shorten look and sound good. But that's not really the heart of it. The heart of it is what he did on Saturday at the New South Wales Labor Party conference. There he got up and did something that I'd been wanting to see him do f for the last two and a half years. The Labor Party have a huge problem. They are not trusted by you to mind the till because of all those times they promised surpluses and all those times they delivered bigger and bigger deficits. The promises just were hopeless when it came to delivery. They, could, they didn't know how to. And so it, I, I wondered when Bill Shorten would take a risk because you're not going to win unless you take risks. You can't just sit there and expect to get voted in. You've got a popular Prime Minister. God knows why he's that popular, but he is. And the thing about that is, he's not Tony Abbott. Bill Shorten may well have beaten Tony Abbott by coasting, because I think the, the level of dislike for Tony Abbott was rising all the time. But Turnbull's a different kettle of fish. He's got a 40-point lead over, over Shorten in the preferred Prime Minister stakes. There's no way you can write him off. So you're going to beat him. You've got to do big things. And that's where there's been so much reluctance from Bill Shorten and his shadow treasurer, Chris Bowen. But last Saturday, they threw off the shackles. They took a punt. They had a go. They nominated what they would do with negative gearing. And it seems to me they're dead right. Not, that figure of 93% that they used is a staggering figure. 93% of the money, 93% of the money on uh, negative gearing goes to existing housing stock. It doesn't build you a bloody house anywhere. Now, if you remember, why was this thing introduced? So it would increase the housing stock. Only 7% of it is in the new houses. So by saying, from now on, well, grandfather, if you've got something happening, it just keeps happening. We won't take it off you. But if you want to make a new investment, it has to be in a new dwelling. I think that's very, very, very good policy. And it's risky because it will offend people. It will take people to task. But if you're right, and, and Paul Kidding says we have to trim what we do, we can't keep throwing money at people buying existing housing stock. We just don't have enough to do it with. But then they also halved capital gains exemptions. That will certainly get them into some strife later on. But again, if you look around at where you're going to cut, you have to cut at those schemes that are really generous on investments. Because if you don't, then you cut into programs. And when you cut into programs, if you're into family tax benefits A and B, that's when you hurt people who don't have a quid. It seems to me, it's if you want fairness and you want equity, and they're the words that all pollies want to use, they embrace those words all the time, then what you have to do are things like Labor announced last weekend. It mightn't be popular, but every Australian has to realise that unless and until we all get together and start to learn about the need to cut back then this country's going to have a lot of future problems. It's only a start from Labor, but it's better late than never.